Hello and welcome to that 90s wrestling podcast. I'm your host, James Sunstow, and today's special guest, he is a former three-time WWE Tag Team Champion, and he is now the current NWA National Champion, Trevor Murdoch. How are you doing, Trevor? How's it going, guys? Oh, it's all great. Uh, great to have you on the show. I remember when uh, I've only ever been to one WWE live event. It was in uh, Nottingham in 2006. And one of the matches on that night, it was y- yourself and Lance Cade against uh, Crime Time, JTG and Shadden. So uh, you're, the, you're the one guy I've actually seen live at a WWE event. Right on, man. I hope you had a good time. We, uh, we always used to love coming overseas, man. Uh, the crowds were always electric and, uh, and house shows. You can do so more and get so much more involved with the crowd. Uh, so yeah. I always really enjoyed enjoyed those house shows. I've always heard uh, a lot of the wrestlers always had like fun trips over in the UK. <laughs> well, you know, you uh, you're around everybody twenty four seven virtually, so you've got to have a little stress reliever. And uh, not to mention, you know, we're also you know going overseas to another country. We want we want to enjoy the you know the uh, yeah. I guess what what everything has to offer while we're there. <laughs> cool. So I suppose we'll uh, go back to the beginning then. Your early years, uh, was you a fan of wrestling growing up as a child? I was a huge fan, actually. Uh, my brother used to wake me up when I was a young kid, and we would watch world-class wrestling on Sundays. So, I mean, yeah. I'm you know eating my bowl of Cheerios and, and in my underwear, yelling and screaming <laughs> at, at guys like, you know, gentleman Chris Adams and getting fired up for the Von Erics and that's kind of where my love of pro wrestling really started. Cool. And what made you want to become a wrestler as you was growing up? Uh, was it just what you saw on TV or was it basically like something else? Like, yeah, I really want to do this. I really wanted to do it. But when I got into the business, there wasn't a, a plethora, wasn't a ton of school wrestling schools out there. So it was, um, it was one of those things where you sit back and like, man, this is a dream. I'd really like to do something, but you don't know. Uh, I actually went, I, when I graduated high school, I went to Job Corps and became a certified yeah. welder and started building oh, wow. railroad cars. And uh, my, my older brother, uh, Mark, got uh, met up with a, a friend of his at work at a factory job at work that was an independent wrestler. And he trained, started training my brother. Um, so when I got home from Job Corps, I was gone for almost a year. Uh, I would go to the shows and I was, I've been blessed with being six foot four, an average yeah. of 230 pounds since I was you know, 16, <laughs> 17 years old. Wow. So I'm coming in doing security for my brother and well, just for the show itself, you know, at 18 years old, standing outside the ring, watching this happen. And uh, before and after the, the shows, the guys used to like to pick me up and treat me like they're tackling dummy. You know, I'm a big guy. So if they could do it on me, they could do it on, on whoever they were wrestling next week. And yeah. I'm a young guy loving it, you know, and they're just beating the shit out of me. And, um, one day I come to, I go to one evening, I come to a show and it's uh, the classic scenario where a wrestler didn't show up 
and the promoter's freaking out. He needs somebody to fill this spot. And he looks at me and he goes, you, you've been training. You got a match tonight. And uh, (laughs) I got put under a hood and uh, I ended up wrestling my brother, which was a little bit of a salvation. You know, he kind of led me through that. Um, But that's that from then on, I was never security. I wrestled every day after that, you know, every chance I got after that. And I did that for about, uh, say, two years before I met Harley. And then Harley proceeded to tell me I didn't know shit. <laughs> and uh, I was upset you made your way over to Harley's school. What was it like training under the great man himself? Man, I tell you, in, in the beginning, you know, um, you hear about all the things he's done. You've heard, you hear stories from other wrestlers, but you just look at his accolades and you're like, man, how am I going to stack up? to this guy you know he's obviously going to have a a very high standard of what he wants and i'm just a fat kid trying to be a wrestler you know um in the beginning he was tough you know what i'm saying it was i puked every single day in camp um and that was because me and another buddy of mine matt murphy were the first two students at his school so we were the guys that harley was going to use as a standard whether don't do this or do it like this and you'll be successful. So he was hard on us. And we were as guinea pigs to a certain extent because he was learning how to train guys from the bottom up that he wasn't actually getting in the ring with. You know what I mean? So uh, for three months, I'm running outside, you know, puking my guts up, (laughs) get done, go back inside and I'd catch up with calisthenics. And uh, I think that's one of the things that got Harley's, uh, attention with me you know he knew that right now at this moment this young man may not be in shape but he's got the heart and the will and the want to um so i'm going to give him a chance and the harder i worked the more he worked with me and it got to be a point where he um you know he would put me in high pressure situations in a small company as an indie company we started two years wlw started two years before ring of honor so wow. we were doing 78 independent shots on an average a year for the first five to six years. But that's a lot of wrestling for an independent. Uh, and then when we weren't wrestling for Harley, we were getting bookings at other companies. So we were, we were wrestling a lot. So we were improving. Harley would bring names in to wrestle with us. So we would work with those guys who'd been on TV. Um, I won my first world heavyweight title, WLW Harley's WLW heavyweight title from WCW's Ming at 21 years old. And well, you talk about a scary dude. I mean, I was about to mention that. <laughs> make you question what if you're making the right decision or not stepping in the ring with that guy. <laughs> but uh, just opportunities like that with Harley, you know, you can't help but get good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was reading up you when your first championship against Meng, and uh, like you just said, that <laughs> the legendary stories he's had. But everyone says though, when you're on the right side of him, he's the nicest man alive. But if you're on that wrong side, you might as well, you know, you're basically on the I'll one way. I'll tell you a story, help. man. I'll tell you a story. He's always been gentle as a giant with me. Thank. You. Ah, he's always been a <laughs> uh, but but Harley did bring Ming in to wrestle on other shows, and I didn't get, he was wrestling other guys. And I remember one evening, you know, anytime Ming would come out to wrestle, he'd be in the main event, and it would be 
the guys in the locker room would be out watching. You know, we'd come out of the locker room just to watch Ming's watch, you know, Ming's wrestling. We go watch, you know. Yeah. Well, this wrestler that Ming was wrestling um, was, I'm going to break kayfabe a little bit, was, was in the ring trying to tell Ming what to do. Wow. And, and um, Ming, I, I guess this would have been going on for several minutes, and finally Ming had had enough of it, and you hear Ming, you know, scream, shut the fuck up and just <laughs> slap that old boy right in the face i mean hard you watch your boy's knees kind of buckle a little bit and everybody in the locker room gets up oh shit. Uh, that ain't good and uh and get in the back and ming is throwing chairs around and uh well, you know it, it was one of those things where, you know, you just don't do. This guy is a veteran in the business. He knows what he's doing. He's as strong as a bull. There's there's no one in the building that's going to be able to do anything to him that he doesn't allow you to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. So, when you get in the ring with him, you know, it's... He's a gentle giant, but just don't poke the bear. You know what I mean? Shut up and let him do what he does. Yep. And uh, you mentioned uh, when you wasn't with Harley, you was doing some other promotions and you also done the tag team, the Ducks, but you made your way around the circuit. Like, you was in ECW for a short stint and you made your way to TNA, like, during its very early years and, well, from the beginning, basically. What was it like uh, working the few ECW shows and then making your way towards TNA? Well, the TNA stuff came, um, that came about through the Harris Brothers. Um, again, yeah. that goes back to what I was saying with Harley, bringing in, um, bringing in names and guys to work with. The Harris Brothers came in. Harley was bringing them in for a stint. And uh, Don actually came down and spent a week at, at Harley's camp with us, stayed with Harley. So you're in the ring with Don Harris, you know, for five days. And, and uh, I got a really close connection with Don. Him and I got along really great. And um, when Jeff Jarrett was putting together TNA, Don, Don and Ron both were a part of that. So they were looking for talent. And uh, thankfully, Don spoke up to Jeff and said, hey, Jeff, there's some guys down at WLW. There's this guy named Trevor Rhodes, because I was wrestling as Trevor Rhodes, the That's son right. of Dusty, the, the best of son <laughs> of Dusty. And uh, said, you need to take a look at him. Well, Harley was smart enough. To know that, and Jeff was doing independence, kind of promoting him coming back into the limelight, really, because he took some time off with his wife yep. at the time. And um, he was kind of getting his name back out there, letting everybody know that, you know, TNA's coming. So Harley books him for a show. And we're, we're all thinking, this is great. He's going to get a chance to look at all of us. Well, Harley books me in the match with Jeff. Cool. So we were doing TV at the time. And Harley books me in the first show of the night and books me in the main event at the end of the night because wow. we, were, we were doing TV <laughs> tapings. So I not only had to wrestle Jeff Jarrett in the main, but I also had to open up the show, which for a young guy, looking back, I'm yeah. like, man, I got to kill it. This is an opportunity. But then Harley was just kind of saying, here, here's my here's my guy. Take a look at him, Jeff. Tell me what you think. And you can't get any any better of a test than wrestling the boss. Yeah. And um, sure enough, I got a call three weeks later, and Don had informed me that we're going to, you know, going to bring the Ducks to TNA and going to start running a program, you know, doing something. Didn't know where it was going to go, what it was going to happen. 
but it was, you know, it was, you know, there was going to be a lot of eyes on, on this and there were, you know what I mean? You know, TNA was, was kind of coming out trying to at, the, at one time, you know, take on you know, WWE. Yeah. Cool. And uh, not long after that, you made your way towards OVW and that's when you uh, met up with Lance Cade. So did you hit it off straight away, like friends straight away? Or was there, was there that part where you just had to like ease in sort of like grow that relationship? Well, it, it, it really came. We didn't, I never, I, I know it says on the media there that I went to OVW, but I actually never went to developmental. I never, oh, right. it's one of those, uh, yeah, it's one of those stories that people put out there and everybody took it. I actually went from, I was wrestling the independence one night to the next night. Um, I've got a job with the WWE. I'll, I'll tell you how that happened. Um, yeah. when, when I got back from Japan, I went to, to Noah for six months That's in right. Japan and I was in their dojo doing 500 squats a day, 300 pushups a day, 100, 150 bumps a day. Not to mention doing all that on during tours. Um, so when I got back from that, I'd kind of made my mind that if I'm going to get anywhere in this business, it's going to be in Japan. You know what I mean? I, I don't have to have a six pack in Japan and still get over as long as I work hard. You know what I mean? So uh, I get back and Harley had gotten me a, a WWE tryout. And I had, and I wouldn't call it a tryout. They were coming to town and they needed locals and they always called Harley when they were in town. And yeah. I, I had been up there maybe seven, eight different times. Never, nobody really ever paid any attention to me. Um, so I got there. I was just thinking I was going to collect $250, which that's what they paid you every day. Eat some catering and be a fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just, you know, just enjoy the day. You know what I mean? Don't look, don't be nervous. Don't look in, any further into what this is. Just enjoy the day for what it was. Um, and I see Chris Benoit was outside the ring and he's doing his 500 squats for his yeah. warm up that he would do before every show. Wow. And Chris had a big influence in Japan. Um, yeah. He was a big fan. Everybody's a big fan of him. A lot of the companies know who he is. So I was. In unintentionally trying to get the rub for him to maybe get, I wanted to talk to him. So maybe he would, you know, if anything, find out who I was and maybe just like me. To, I, I was looking more for Japan more than I was WWE. So I go out yeah. to the ring in my gear and I'm doing some of my stretches. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not jacked, but I'm lean and I'm, I'm doing butterfly stretches where my legs are going all the way to the, the mat. And it eventually catches his attention and he asked me he goes you know have you been to japan and that was just kind of an opportunity for me to kind of lay out my resume he goes, yes sir i just come back from the dojo i was doing this this for you know kabashi masawa uh, akiyama i'm trained by harley and we had a good 30 35 minute conversation just about japan and harley and uh, he goes you know do you have a match here tonight and i said nope and he said wait right here and uh, about 10 minutes later, he came back. He goes, all right, man, you know, hey, kid, you got a match. They're going to be watching tonight. And wow. uh, finally, I, I went from not giving a shit, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, they're not going to call me. I'm okay with that now. You know, I've, I've dealt with that in my heart. So now, uh, now I've got the attention of everybody that I wanted. You know what I mean? People that can make real big decisions for me in my career. 
Um, so I went out, they had me wrestle Rob Conway on heat and I knew what oh, my yeah. job was. And that was just to make Rob look like a million dollars. Yeah. And that's what I, that was the best, you know, that was the best time, you know, I did the best I could and it went really well. Um, Rob Conway put me over to Johnny Ace. So they invited me back the next night to wrestle Rene Dupree on SmackDown, but it was a dark match. And uh, yeah, they said, yeah. you know, let go out there and let's see what the kid can do. And Renee and I went out and had a great match. And uh, I'm happy as hell because I've, again, I'm not thinking a job. I'm going to get a job. I'm thinking I just made $500. That's two days of wrestling, bitches. I made $500. <laughs> yeah, catering two days. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, I'm just an independent guy at that time, you know, just trying to, you know, want to try, struggling to make rent uh yeah you know, paying to wrestle basically so uh i i go into the locker room i'm happy i'm getting you know changed and johnny ace comes in there and uh he goes you know hey i want to talk to you like oh shit that's never happened before you know and i mean just a young independent guy so i automatically go to the negative i'm like man what i what i do wrong oh, i messed it up oh man all right so all right, I'm never coming. All right, let's go figure this out. So I go in the office and Johnny Ace sits me down and uh, he asks me where I'm working at. And I tell him I'm a bartender at the bar. I end up owning like five years later. Yeah. And uh, he he goes, um, do you want a job here? And I couldn't even get the words out, man. I was just like. And. He goes, you know, I'll send you a contract out, have your lawyer look at it um, and sign it and send it back. And, you know, I could barely pay rent. I, don't, I can't afford a lawyer. But, of course, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have look at it. Yeah. It's, uh, that contract, I'm going to let you all know, it came out of the box. And I got to the sign me stickers. They put little sign me stickers on these pages just so you know not to That's miss signed. where specifically to sign. Everybody that's ever signed that contract knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I pulled it out. I went to the sign me tabs. My name, my name, my name, my name. I pushed that back in the box, resealed it, and sent it off because I wanted to make sure that if they made a mistake offering me this deal, <laughs> I was going to at least try to get 90 days, you know, 90 day pay, early out clause payout, you know, just, yeah. just hustling as a young guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, uh, that wasn't the case, obviously. And uh, we, I got the call to um, come up and tag with this guy named Lance Cade for a weekend. Um, I had seen Lance before when he had tagged with Mark Gendrak. Um, yeah. And at the time, I'm trying to go for this dusty look. So I've got, you know, the blonde hair. Of course, I'm a thick, I'm a pudgy, thick kind of guy. You know what I mean? And um, hold on a minute. My young son, Cade, go in there with mommy, okay? Daddy's in an interview. Love you, buddy. Shut the door. Sorry guys, uh, you're doing a few four year old. I've got three I've got three sons, six four and three, so I know what you mean. <laughs> right on, man. So um they, they, uh, they call me up and you know, I'm Lance's Lance's blonde haired Jack, you know, gorilla. Well, I'm yeah. I'm him, but I'm the pudgy version. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my God, how am I gonna compare with this guy? You know what I mean? WWE wants bodies and I'm I'm a big guy. I'm six four, but I've never had an ab. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just never, it's just never been me. Um, 
say what you want about it. I don't care. It's never, never been me. So um, they bring me in and they say, you know, Trevor, we're going to uh, we're going to have you tag with Lance for this weekend. The next weekend, Lance is going to tag with Kevin Thorne. Um, he did the Vampire, yeah, yeah. If you remember, I remember. And yeah. um, they said we're going to see what you two look like this weekend, and then we're going to see what Lance and Kevin look like, and whoever's the best tag team is going to start. So Lance and I go out. Uh, we meet each other, and uh, we have a, we have a great tag match. And um, we go, they, we, we go to do the second night. We have another great tag match. And um, as we're coming to the back, Johnny stops us and goes, Lance, I got to know. I got to know right now. You've, you've worked with Kevin down in OVW. You worked with Trevor these last two nights. Who do you think you'd have better chemistry with to, to start teaming with? And uh, I got to give Lance all the credit in the world. Right there, he goes, I think I'd have better chemistry with Trevor, really. And Johnny goes, all right, you guys are on the road next week. Oh, that's great. That. And uh, we got in the car, and um, he was just as amazed on how quickly that happened, too, because he wasn't expecting to go on the road either. He was told the same information. You're going to tag with yeah. one guy this weekend. You're going to tag with another guy next weekend, and then, then we're going to make a decision. So um, we get in the car. We're at the same hotel, and we just um, we're just honest with each other right then and there listen man we're both you know let's be honest and upfront with each other there's a lot of people in this business that stab each other in the back you know there's going to be things that we're not going to like but we need to be honest with each other if we're going to make money together and as long as you're being honest with me and i'm being honest with you you know at the very least we have a a comfortableness a safety net with someone you can trust man and and um we were very upfront with each other and uh we always used to have this thing. We made a pact right then and there. If we had a bitch or a complaint or if we were angry about something, we always left it for the car. Like it yeah. didn't matter if you were at TV and you were mad about something that they, you know, that we, that they did to us, we were smiles. We were, yes, sir. No, sir. We were, we were businessmen. But as soon yeah. as the day was over and we got in the car, my door would slam his door would slam and him and I'd look at each other and go, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's how we ran our business, man. You know, we, we knew that we could make money with each other. We knew we were going to make money with each other, but we also had enough common sense to know that WWE doesn't keep tag teams, even the most successful ones together for long. You know what I mean? And we always yeah. had that in the back of our minds and we were always honest with each other in that. And we both tried to elevate each other at times. So we knew when it was time to, to go that way, that we were both at, at a level that, that we could be successful. You know what I mean? It was just, we were very honest with each other about the business aspect of it. History hasn't changed when it comes to the WWE. It's just, when it comes to tag teams, you know, New Day is probably the longest reigning tag team yeah. In years, you know yes, what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, it's it just that's how they do it. So, and we were honest with each other about it, which made us, you know, successful. Because when we got in the ring, we were able to talk to each other. We had the same thought process when it came to how we wanted our matches to go, how we wanted to come across. Um, we were honest with each other in the fact. Um, I knew I'm standing next to a six-four, two hundred ninety-pound. Greek god. I mean, the he guy's got three percent. Yeah, dude, he was jacked, man. Let's just be realistic about he it. Was, and I was yeah. too. 
I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be able to make, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to build myself up. He's, you know, a, good for him. That's him. So in my opinion, if I can't compete with it, let's just be my own guy. So I went complete opposite. We could still be yeah. the same, come from the, be cut from the same cloth, but I'm going to be the meanest, ugliest, just downright, just, you know, uh, grounded pound, gritty, just mean. I'm going to go complete ugly, ugly. That, that's, he was pretty. I'm ugly. That's sweet. I'm sour. You know, it's, it, it works. Um, and you got, you got, you got a really badass tag team, but you got two different guys. Um, yeah. And that was like one of my complaints about us when, when they always wanted to split us up was why do we have to split up? Like, you know, we're the same, but different when you separate us to a certain extent and you can just have us go our different ways. So if one day, never say never, you can bring it back and it can mean something. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but they just were hell bent on, you know, one's got to be a baby face, one's got to be a heel, and we got to fucking split your ass up, and you guys got to have a fucking fight. That's just how it's got to be, goddammit. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, it's, um, I was speaking to um, Orlando Colon and uh, Epico. He was part of team, him and Primo. And yeah. Like, uh, it's, well known, it's well known, Vince McMahon, he does not like tag teams, and uh, when I, when I was talking to Epico, he said to me, he said, Triple H came up to him and said, I'll tell you straight away, Vince doesn't like tag teams, so don't be surprised if eventually he's not going to use you or try and split you up. And that's what it is um, with Vince. But I really enjoyed you as a tag team. And not long after you was originally put together, he's won the tag belts straight away from Rosie and the Hurricane. So what was it like pretty much being instantly put at the top of the tag division? Um, it, it, exciting nonetheless, because you're talking about a little kid who's finally like, here's, I've worked so hard to finally get there. And then when I get there, I'm like, man, I, I just hope one day I can get an opportunity. And six weeks later, I'm holding gold. Um, yeah. it was, uh, I went home, I brought the belt home. I, I showed Harley the belt. Um, I wanted to just show him, you know, like, man, thank you. This is all you were, you know, you pushing me, you having fun with me, you and I becoming close, all of, you know, you teaching me, being hard on me, all of that is, you know, came down to this moment. And uh, I wanted to, to just kind of show it to him and tell him, thank you. I wanted to show the other students in the school because yeah. that's where, you know, that's where it all is. You know, I want to show those guys like, listen, this is an attainable goal for you. Keep working hard. Um, if This is where I started just like you guys did. Um, but in the same sense, um, there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of heat too. Yeah. Uh, for me specifically, I never went through developmental. So I'm wrestling guys that had been in developmental two, three, four, five years, you know, just to get their opportunity on TV. And then they see this guy who doesn't have an ab uh, come from, you know, an independent hopping straight yeah. on TV and we're going after the tag team champs and we win the belt. You know, a lot of guys, there was a lot of heat with that. Um, there was a couple guys that I used to wrestle. I won't name any names, but very collegiate individuals. And they would run me, you know, when they wrestled me and Lance, they would run me and run me and run me and run me. And I wouldn't wow. blow up. And, uh, yeah. 
but what they didn't understand was I just come back from Japan doing, you know, 500 yeah. squats a day, <laughs> 300 push-ups a day, wrestling 100, 150 bumps a day. You know, fat boy was in shape. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it took, you know, a couple, three months. And finally, one of those guys came up to me and said, you, you know, hey, Trevor, sorry, you know, thanks for not being, you know, not fighting us on it. We understand now. And, you know, they found out my background. They found out that I could hang and that I was in there for the best match. It wasn't yes. about just, uh, I've never always been just about me. I'm always about if the match gets over, we all get over crowd gets ha they're happy we're ha everybody's happy it's, it's how the business is supposed to be and once those guys figured out that i wasn't in there to just take advantage of anybody or, or take a spot that i was in there you know i've earned my spot and that i was willing to continue to work for it um everybody was you know everybody was cool after that and we were off and running making money cool and they uh, yelled the titles for a few months uh before you dropped them to kane and the big shows um I've, a lot of people have always said that Kane is actually one of the nicest guys in the locker room. And is that true? And at the same time, oh, what was it like working against two giants? Extremely. Um, well, it, it, at first it's nervous for, for a young yeah. guy because I still hadn't had a lot of experience with those guys. I hadn't spent any really real time on the road with them. So now I'm going against the big show and I'm going against yeah. Kane, like two of the biggest guys in the company. Yeah. Um, I'd always heard that you know both of them were super nice guys but i'd also heard that big show you know when you got on the wrong side of him yeah you know, he'd make you pay for it and i'm going into a hardcore match with these guys yeah you know what i have to hit them with weapons um and it turned out to be you know it turned out to be the best match possible those guys you know let me beat the snot out of them if i remember correctly uh, I got to take a kendo stick to Kane several times. Right, yeah. uh, I got to, I believe, I took a trash can to Big Show several times when he's charging at me, if I remember right. So, uh, you know, it was scary, but you also got to realize that, you know, you're at the number one company in the world. Like, yeah, yeah you're scared, but you got to, this is, you're always kind of being tested. You know what I mean? And if I'm going in there and I'm scared, and pussyfooting with these monsters, how is Vince ever going to see me as anything but a pussy? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I mean exactly. <laughs> the language, but no, like, you know, okay, I, these guys are going to beat the shit out of me. I know that's what's going to happen, but I'd rather go and get my ass kicked and put on a great match and walk out with my head high than to be, to let my, my fears control me and, and not give the moment what it deserves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, after this, uh, you mentioned before, like they sometimes they done it a couple of times. They decide to split you and Kate up and uh, you made your way towards the Royal Rumble, which it, it's my favorite match of all time, the Royal Rumble. What's it like when you're waiting in the locker room, like waiting for your number to come out and then actually remembering your spot, right? Who gets eliminated next sort of thing? What's it like actually being in the Royal Rumble match? Your giddy little schoolgirl, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you know, we've we've all, every guy that you see walk through that curtain at whatever number has at one time or another sat at home and watched that match and wished yeah. at one point or another, oh, I could totally see me coming out with this music and, um, 
so for it to actually be happening um you're just your insides are jumping 90 miles an hour uh you hear them call your name you know the buzzer comes out and your number and your name and you're walking through the curtain and I mean, i'm a bad guy so thankfully everybody was on board and the <laughs> you know comes through and uh i'm walking to the ring and i'm like holy shit like here it is baby like you know this is what you work for these are the moments like that you you uh as a young guy when you're training and you're working the shows that don't draw very well because the promoter didn't do his job or you got to get in the ring with a guy who's probably not as trained as he said he might have been and you still got to pull out a good match those tough nights you get to see that and you're like that's what i want that's my goal that's where i want to get to so it was just a dream come true you know what i mean i'm just you know, I'm just mad, you know, I didn't win that shit, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I thought I had it, you know, but I was, yeah. No, it's yeah. a dream come true, man. Yeah, uh, I think Ray Mysterio won that year, and obviously the story was dedicated a match to Eddie, which I don't know if you spent much time with Eddie before his passing, but you was in the company, even though he was over in SmackDown, you was on Raw. How was it for, like, the locker room and everyone when? Eddie Guerrero passed away because he was so loved by everyone. You uh, you could literally feel how heavy the air was in the back. Yeah. Um, and you, for me being like, I've been a fan, but I I met Eddie a couple times because we do a couple cross shows before that happened. Yeah. But I never really got to do the, uh, you know, sit down and just be a fan and ask questions or get advice, you know. <clears throat> but you could you could feel just the sadness in the locker room uh vince had a big meeting um per you know before the show with everybody um and everybody's just brokenhearted you know yeah. what i mean and uh i was a young guy there I, and i was still pretty new to the company maybe you know three months four months in maybe i could be That's you know, right. off um so I, I just did my best to just be as respectful as possible and um, let people grieve the way they needed to grieve, man. You know what I mean? It, that's yeah. When you lose lose somebody like that that has affected so many people's lives and has uh, not only in the back, but you know the work, the wrestlers and, and their friends and family, but the way he's touched people, the fans. Um, yeah. Like that was hard for everybody you know you see those memes you know girls don't know or you know girls boys don't know what it's like to get their heart broke boys yeah you know what i mean and uh that's it was the pain everybody was feeling and feeling and seeing um on the tv and with the fans was the exact same pain if not more amplified the fact yeah, and he's, I mean, he's still getting his name chanted in the arenas today, so it tells you how much he was loved. But, um, w, yeah, and uh, WWE, you know, use the common sense again. They put you and Cade back together, and you worked a little bit of a program where the two of you started teaming with Edge against uh, DX, Triple H, and uh, Shawn Michaels. So, obviously, Shawn Michaels trained Cade, but what was it like? stepping in the ring with not only Edge but also DX who were two of the biggest all-time legends 
of all time. It must have, like you said, with the Royal Rumble, you was giddy like a schoolgirl. Must have been the same sort of thing. Like, and obviously Triple H has patterned himself after Harley Race. Of course. No, I think that's, um, that was kind of, whether it be Triple H and Sean's kind of giving us a, a helping hand. I mean, we had, we had been in a, a tag team main event uh, situations before, but we had never been to the main event. Yeah. Um, until that moment. You know what I mean? There's um Yeah. When you uh when you're in the back and you see guys like Edge or Sean or Hunter walk out and you see the, the reactions of the crowds, it's amazing. But yeah. to actually stand in the ring or walk down the aisle with a guy like Edge or stand in the ring and you hear DX music hit and the crowd go from one like level four or five of hating us to a level 10 of love for these yes. guys. I mean, it's deafening. And um, Lance and I, at times we'd be, we'd be just, it did almost make you start shaking. Uh, I remember <laughs> kind of a funny, but you know, it's kind of funny. Um, we're on TV doing the six man, me, Lance edge against um, Sean Hunter and I forgot who the third guy was. Might have been Flair. But no, was it Flair? Might have been Flair. No, no, I think you're I, right. I think it might have might been, been Flair. Flair. Yeah, another legend. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I know you. I think you're right. It might have been Flair. Uh, but we're the main event of the show. Um, yeah. You could just feel the electricity in the air with the DX and and Rick and Edge and us and um, Lance is in the ring working with Sean. Edge and I are on the corner just watching, you know, and I hear this little like bang, like just Edge just pops me right in the shoulder. He goes, breathe, idiot. And I didn't realize <laughs> I was getting so pumped up. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm just I'm for a split second yes. there, I'm a little kid that's thrown back into my seat eating a bowl of Cheerios, going, Holy shit, like this is happening. And um I, I look, you know, obviously I take a deep breath and we go in there and we kill it and we have a great match. And we get in the back and everything is great. And it, it makes you feel fulfilled. Like all yeah. the hard work, it makes you, it makes all the sacrifice, the times of not being at home with your family when you're on the road. Um, it's moments like that that make you go, okay, this is, this is worth it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm making those that climb. You know what I mean? And um, that those matches are what really kind of propelled me into the stratosphere of people knowing who I was and what I was doing. Yeah. And uh, your next feud, and this is, in my opinion, this feud is one of the most underrated feuds in WWE history. You and Cade against the Hardy Boys. I loved it. You wrestled like three straight pay-per-views. And yeah. It was such a good storyline because it was the angle of you and Cade starting to respect your opponents and start playing by the rules before, you know, <laughs> your, your true side <laughs> came out. <laughs> um, Matt and Jeff, two also legends, what was it like working with them and being told, right, we're putting you in an angle with one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Uh, must have been great again uh, being able to work with them too. It was, um, with those guys, it was magic, dude. Like, yeah. it was, um, you get in the ring with somebody and you rest. You know, I've wrestled a lot of guys over my careers, and I've had some great matches. But then yeah. there's guys that I've wrestled and had some great matches, and I've looked at them, and I've said, man, 
there's more here. Like we can do more with this. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was with, with Lance and I against the Hardys was we had that first pay-per-view. And I think, I think the office was kind of just putting us in there on the pay-per-view because I knew we would have a good match. We were, we were working those guys on the house shows and just yeah. killing it. You know what I mean? Just blowing the roof off the place. And to be honest with you, it wasn't hard with those guys. I mean, no. as soon as their music hit, they were so oh, over. Yes. I mean, again, you go back to being a fan. And, I, you know, Lance would give me an elbow because every once in a while I'd, I'd be dancing with their music. You know, <laughs> <laughs> kids like, fucking cut it up, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, but they were so over. But once we got in the ring, um, like there were no egos with those guys. So there, and there were no egos with us. It was all about what worked for the match and what was, what's. His connection's cut out. From a wrestler's standpoint, you 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 crave that. You know what I mean? That that comfortability, that easiness to go out there and just create and tell stories. Um, yeah. So every night we got to go out there with the Hardys. It was just off the chain. It was just it was magic. Again, I keep bringing magic up. So we did that first pay-per-view, and I think like the second one, they almost felt like they had to put us on the, the next pay-per-view, and they gave us 10 more minutes, you know what I mean? That's, right. that's what we were asking for. We just wanted more time. Just give us more time. And and they did, and had a killer match in St. Louis in front of my family. Oh, yeah. uh, and then we went back for the third pay-per-view, killing it, just off the rails just people going nuts for it not you know we did the the the, the, the blow off with Cade and I turning on them eventually and it was just a good as a good ending and a good beginning for us to kind of take off yeah and then Vince kind of fell out with tag team uh it was just I don't know what it was like Vince got a hair up his ass again and tag teams weren't important. Um, yeah. Cade and I were always fighting for, you know, all those opportunities. Uh, even with Sean and Hunter, you know what I mean? Sean and Hunter would speak up for us, but, but Vince was bucking him on, bucking them on that, you know, thinking that we couldn't produce. Yeah. And we'd have to go out there with guys that, that weren't as good um, and make them look like a million dollars. And then finally Vince was like, okay, they're ready to step up to that next level. Uh, it just never, for some reason, every time we would start getting elevated and we'd start getting a push behind us and momentum behind us, Vince would want to split us up. <laughs> like, yeah. that, if you look at how we split up on two different occasions, that's right. It all because we were, we were on momentum and building things and things were going well. And it's like, Oh, we're split them up. Oh, well, I ain't got nothing for him, but shit, we'll, we'll fuck split him up. God damn, let's fucking do something with these two guys. Uh, what, what are we going to do with them? Fuck, I don't know. It's crazy. Totally, like, you know, I I can say this about WWE. I, can, I thank them for believing in me at the time and giving me an opportunity to uh, get nationally recognized and, and to get out there because, you know, I, 
I may bitch and complain about my time at WWE because I thought it could go smoother or mm. better. Um, but I do give them credit on the fact that if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been known on a national level. Um, it, I don't know if you and I'd be having this conversation right now, wow, that- especially as as often as as they sent us out of the country, you know, around the world, man. You know, yeah. people were buying my you know, buying my merch and, and talking about us. So if it wasn't for them, none of that would have happened at all. Yeah. And uh, you, we mentioned that your final uh, match on pay-per-view with Addis was at um, Vengeance, uh, Night of Champions. Uh, unfortunately, kind of got overshadowed because Chris Benoit didn't turn up and then people didn't know what happened. A few days later, the truth came out and uh, it was just... So, such a sad story to hear about and such a tragedy. I mean, growing up, I loved Benoit. He was one of my guys growing up. And then hearing what happened, people said, like, he was, like, around the locker room, they said he was never erratic, but he was always intense, was the word. Um, it must have hit you like a ton of bricks when you actually heard what happened, especially with the rest of the boys, like Chavo and all of them, when they heard about it. Um, it must have just been complete and utter shock. Well, yeah, it's you dealing originally. You're at first you're dealing with the grief of losing somebody so important to you, and so um, that was so integrated in the wrestling business. And for me personally, yeah. you know, he's the one that helped get the eyes on me that I couldn't get initially on my for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had a, a connection with him in that. Um, you're dealing with that grief, and then you find out um, how the 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 true events when it, it's fuck man it's a gut punch you yeah. know what i mean like it's yeah it, it's, i don't know any other way to explain it but it's a gut punch and and i didn't know him nearly as well as guys like scott armstrong chavo guerrero yeah um you know those were his riding buddies um and I, and and also i didn't know about the struggles that he was going through after with eddie you know all of that came yeah. out you know, nobody knew that, you know, um, so it's, it's a heartbreaking situation and, and you don't want to believe that that person could have no. been capable of such horrendous events. Yeah. Um, so you just, uh, the most you can do, man, is, um, you pray for Nancy and his boy and you, uh, you pray for his soul you know yeah someday it finds peace man because that's shit man even just in the wrestling business if anybody you know not even just in the wrestling if you heard that from you know your regular job somebody did it at your regular job it would just yeah you know it's a gut punch you know what i mean yeah. let alone somebody that well known um and you just ask yourself you know like man there were plenty of times like he should have there are plenty of people that would have helped him. You know what I mean? If if it just would have spoke up. You know what I mean? My wife's putting a, a little post behind this going, dinner's done. She doesn't understand I'm doing business. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was sad. Um, but that was it. Um, but after this, I noticed um, one fun match was in UNK, just teamed up with Umaga, who sadly has been taken away from us. 
and it was the three of you's against Candice Michelle and John Cena, <laughs> and uh, it was a it was a fun match. Like Jeff Hardy interfered to drive Umaga away. Uh, it looked, looked like at one point the three of you's was going to kill Candice Michelle. Uh, it was a fun match, but obviously Cena like done the uh, you know got the victory, but. What was John Cena like behind the scenes? Like everyone who I've spoke to who's worked with him said, nicest it cannot be like humble. But what was your experience with him? I had a great experience with John. Um, yeah. He was, you know, he always, you know, he busted our balls, but in the same sense, he was always checking on us, making sure that, you know, everything was going okay with us. Uh, we always treated like John, like one of the boys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we didn't, you know, he, he, he got treated very well in the world because of his statue and who he was. Uh, but we, we were like, you're one of the guys. You're fucking working just like we are, buddy. So, you know, it's, we, we treated him like one of the boys. And I think he liked that. You know what I mean? There, you know, uh, he got we got along really well with, with John. Um, I can remember an incident, and John may not want to uh, be too proud of it, but uh, I'll tell the story because it's badass. Um, we're, in, we're in Mexico. And we're all, uh, it's, we're on a tour and we're, Cade and I, for one, one of the evenings we finally were like, no, we're just going to go to our rooms after the show, get some sleep. You know, it had been a tough tour for us for one reason or another. And, uh, John's like, Hey, come down and have some drinks with us. Have some drinks with me, drink some beer. And we're like, not tonight, buddy. We're going to, we're done. We're going to go get some sleep. We'll wake up, you know, fresh tomorrow, tomorrow night, you know, we're all over it. Well, Cade and I go to our first, you know, our separate rooms. And uh, now what I don't know is going on is about 15 minutes later, John Cena sends one of the referees up to Lance's door and bangs on Lance's door. Lance comes out. Hey, John Cena wants you to drink, come down and drink. He said, come get the fuck down there. Lance goes, fuck you. Don't fucking bother me. I told you guys, leave me the fuck alone. So the referee goes away. And uh, about... 10 minutes later, bang, 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 bang on Lance's door again. And Lance looks through the peephole, and sure enough, it's that referee again. So Lance goes, okay, I'm going to teach this son of a bitch. Pulls off his belt, and as soon as Lance opens up the door, he starts whipping the shit out of that referee. <laughs> I told you, get away from me. Leave me alone. Tell Cena, stop. You know, he's just, he's not beating him. Guys don't go on a tan. He's just, you know, but he's giving him a good licking, you know, and the ref's running, laughing. So Lance, Lance goes back to bed and, um, about sure enough, about 10 minutes later, knock, 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 knock again on Lance's door and Lance is hot now. Opening these mats. He's like, all right, I'm going to get, he grabs his belt, opens up the door. When he opens up the door, Cena comes around in a Lucha mask and tackles Lance and they're just bouncing all over the room. Just wrestling, just knocking over the TV, just having good fun, not tearing nothing up bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Cena finally gets Cade down and goes, I want you to drink with me. Cade goes, well, I'm not going anywhere without my partner. So here I am. I, I have no idea. None of this is going on. You know, I have no idea. So knock, knock, knock on the door. Referee at the door. Hey. Cena wants you to come down and drink. Fuck you. Leave me alone. Get out of here. <laughs> I close the door. I'm in my underwear now, man. I'm in bed. Like, I'm, 
I'm in my box of briefs. I got the TV off. I'm ready to call it a night, you know, about 10 minutes later on my door. When I open it, Cena goes to, to tackle me, but I front face lock him and I'm in my box of briefs and I spread my legs out. Now, if you guys have ever been in a hotel room, you know that the, the initial corridor yeah. is very small. When I front face locked him and I spread my legs out, I got I caught both ends of the closet and I barreled down on him right there. Doors <laughs> open, I'm in my boxer briefs. And Cena's like, Trevor, let me go, let me go. And Cena, and Cena, I just want you to come drink. I want you to come drink. I want you to come drink. And, and Cade is standing there laughing his ass off because he knew what was going to happen. He knew I wasn't going to go down easy. And he is laughing his ass off. And I was like, you son of a bitches. So, of course, I get up and we go downstairs in the lobby and drink till five o'clock in the morning and go to bed for four hours and wake up and get on the bus and head to our next show. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy listening to that one. Um, but, yeah, and then not long after, uh, after this as well, um, you dropped the belts to London and Kendrick, but only for like four days and you regained it, held it again for a little bit. And then you dropped it to Article Holly and uh, Cody Rhodes at Raw 15, which, like I said, I know you just wanted to stay as a team, but Vince was adamant on splitting you up. But what have you made of um, Cody in the meantime and AEW, how he's been able to start a company up? Uh, do you think that's a good thing for the business, giving oh. more opportunities to more of the boys? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. No, it's awesome that he's been able to to create and, and meet enough contacts to create a, a, a viable wrestling business that's on national TV that gives everybody an opportunity, more people an opportunity to be spotlighted. Um, yeah. History proves it, that competition is good for everybody. And um, I mean, to the point where Vince even tried to facilitate his own competition against Raw and SmackDown. Like, that's how SmackDown and Raw came about. It was like, oh, well, yeah. Raw for SmackDown. People will love it. Nah, nah. Well, I'm sorry. It's the same puppeteer. Everybody knows. You know what I mean? So it's it's good that um, that there's opportunities for other guys to, to, to be displayed because there's so many talented workers out there, number yeah. one. Number two, um, it's already, again, I go back to history. It's proven. If you let these guys that know what they're doing go out there and do what they do and not micromanage them and not tell them what not to do, let them go out there and create magic, you, yeah. you've got some of the most amazing matches going on right now. And the fact that, and I think that's what's kind of going on with NXT, they're kind of letting the guys, you know, they, they may be still telling them what to do a little bit, but still kind of letting them go because they, they go out there and they kill it and have some great matches. Let let the guys be creative. Um, that's the uh, the awesome thing about with NWA. It's the same thing, man. It's they let you go out there, go out there, Trevor, and do what you do. And yeah. I'm I'm the only one that can get me over. You know what I mean? I'm the only one that can get the ideas over. So why not let me try things? And and man, it's a sink or swim situation for a lot of guys. But with AEW, um, you got guys that were that have been killing it on the indies that have killed it on NXT that no one's really given them an opportunity. And AEW is like, yeah, come here, kill it here, kill it for us. And they are. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think they're going to be great competition, not only for 
WWE as a company, but it'd also be great competition for its wrestlers as well, too, because now you've got something to compare yourself to, to what people yeah. like and don't like. And uh, not long after this, um, they decide to split yourself again, but then you got drafted to SmackDown, but before you even <laughs> decided to release you, and then not long afterwards, they released Cade, which was shocking because I thought they was because Cade got put in a uh, pr- program with Jericho and um, uh, Shawn Michaels. And I, like in my opinion, I always thought Cade was going to be primed to be a breakout star eventually, but that wasn't to yeah. be. But what was it like when you finally got released? And after you did, like, what was your, like you've mentioned a few times, what was your interactions with Vince McMahon like on a personal level? Um, on a personal level, I had zero interactions oh, right. with him i i mean not what i mean what i mean i've had face i've had a couple face-to-face i've several face-to-face conversations with him yeah and everything that and him and i ever did was it was always and with lance was always at raw like we were never went to the to connecticut to talk to him about business we never um it was always us trying to battle the writers and battle the agents, all that are trying to buy for his attention because we're trying to write a show. And then Lance yeah. and I are trying to to pop in there to try to talk to him about our character development, what direction we wanted to go. Um, when when I finally got let go, at first, at very first, I freaked. And what I mean yeah. by first, I'm talking like first five, ten minutes, I freaked out. I was just like, holy shit, what am I going to do? That's the number one company in the world at the time. Um, where do you go? Like, there's nowhere to go but down from here. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I had no idea, like, where my career was going to go and what I was going to do. And as soon as that idea popped in my head, I don't know where I'm going to go or what I'm going to do. I had, like, this calming effect. Like, it just, like, calmed me down. And I was like, well, hold on a minute, though. Like, I've got nobody telling me where to go. I've got no booking sheet. I don't have to do fucking anything that anybody tells me. Like that, like I was like, yeah, that's all right. Now I feel good. Like I'm scared about my future, but I felt like I had more, I had more control over over it now. You know what I mean? And um, so that's that I was, I was scared, but I was, you know, again, I was also excited because now I've got all this, you know, everybody knows who I am now. So I was getting booked like crazy before anybody knew who I was. Surely yeah. I ought to, you know, start getting more booked now, which I did. Yeah. And uh, soon enough, uh, TNA came along again and uh, repackaged you as Jeffro Holiday. Um, not the greatest name, but, but you work with what you give. But um, you started teaming up with... Uh, Eric Young in the tag team tournament. So, how did TNA come about, and what's like teaming with uh, EY? Uh, I spoke to him a few months ago, and great guy to speak to. So, how did uh, what was it like for your time, like during that time? Yeah, e- EY's great. Eric's Eric's an awesome dude. So I'm 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 so glad he's starting to get his due. Um, yeah. When it comes to wrestling, uh, but originally they were planning they were trying to bring Lance and I in for this tag team right. tournament. And we were going to start, they were going to take us to, they're going to take us to the finals and they didn't have an answer on what direction they were going to go at the finals, but they knew that's where we were going to be going. Um, 
and Lamp at the time was booked had gotten booked for zero one. I was right, going yeah. to Noah. I had my connection with Noah, and he started to get a connection with zero one, and we were trying to pair the two together business wise so we could both go over there and work together. Um, but they had called like TNA called like the day after zero one had called and booked him for, for right. a tour. And um, we, I, Lance and I were talking and he's like, Trevor, he's like, man, I can't mess up a Japan tour. I can't yeah. miss a Japan tour for one booking that for a company. Cause at the time by then TNA was having some issues and they weren't, you know, there was a lot of Dixie Carter in the back and it, uh, it just wasn't, it wasn't a an extremely desirable place to be, um, and I kind of felt the same way too. Japan was definitely more secure. I had a bigger connection in Japan, so I understood it. So I yeah. called back to uh, the office of TNA and, and said, "You know, Lance can't come. He's booked in Japan." And they said, "Well, we still want you." And I said, "Okay, yeah. you know." And they said, "We're going to have you wrestle with Eric Young." And I said, "You know, tremendous." And I was never on a deal. I was literally on a week by week phone call. You know what I mean? Right. I'd get done with the booking and I'd get a call two days later, whether or not I was going to be on the show that next week. And they fly yeah. me, you know, to, to Nashville. Um, and I thought things were going well. Um, the one thing you notice, like after that tag team tournament, they put me in there with all of, with, with most of their top guys. You know what I mean? I had a, uh, had a singles match with Booker T and I quit match with Booker T That's which right. was I I don't know how we came to that like suddenly me yeah. and Booker T are in an I quit match um I had a uh, a clockwork orange orange match with That's Raven. Right, Raven um I had a pay-per-view match with Abyss um you know I I had some really good matches man and um we I came to uh, a one. They brought me in for a TV. I remember why. I mean, I remember my last booking with TNA. Um, they brought me in for a TV, and I was going to wrestle Rhino. And Taz had just come in like two weeks before that and started aging, kind of starting to get his feet wet on the agent part of things, you know. And he was our agent, and we're talking about the match. And uh, Taz goes, you know, what's your finish? And I go, I do a top rope bulldog. And he yeah. goes, well, is it okay? I, what I'd like to do is have you hit that bulldog, go to pin Rhino and have him kick out at one and then him duck your clothesline, hit you with his his spear, the gore, yeah, one, dog. two, three. And um, I didn't have a contract there. I didn't have, I was a week for, per week phone call. And the one thing that anybody who's ever seen me wrestle I've I've kept virtually one of my same finishes my whole career, and that's the top row bulldog. Yeah, I've protected that. Um, and uh, I go, hey, is it possible that I, you know, hit like a high? I do a high, a beautiful high cross body. You know, can I hit a high cross body instead of my bulldog? And uh, Taz goes, sure, no problem. That's fine, no problem. And yeah. uh, we go on about our day, and about thirty minutes later. I get called into Terry Taylor's office and there's Terry Taylor, Taz, and uh, road dog, Jesse James, who was an agent there at the time that was yeah. kind of helping me out a little bit. And Terry proceeds to, to chew my ass. You know, what is this huh? bullshit I hear about Taz, you know, asking you to do a move and you not want to do it. 
And I said, you know, specifically, I said, he asked me to hit my finish that I've established in every company I've worked in, and I don't have a deal with you guys. And I said, I offered up hitting a beautiful high cross body because I can do it really well. And he seemed okay with it till this moment right now. And I said, again, I'm just trying to protect the only thing I really have here and, and the only thing I've really built here. And I said, you know how it is, Terrence. You know I'm a Harley race guy. That's how that's business, man. Like yeah. you want to you want to sign me to a weekly deal and pay me guaranteed money like everybody else on the card, and then you want me to bastardize my finish. That's fine. That's my job. You've you've hired me. But I'm not gonna come in for you and and every week, if you remember correctly, I was doing the job to everybody and I was doing that's the job right, yeah. that night to Rhino. Yeah, I felt that I needed to, at the very least, protect what I've built before I came in there. And Terry didn't like that. And I wow. ended up doing the high cross body anyway. Yeah. Him, and I never, <laughs> never called me back. Fair enough. And um, you mentioned her earlier, Dixie. Um, like, I don't know what she was like. To me, I think she had the right intentions, but I think she was just probably just in way too over her head, like for an actual company. Um, yeah. what would she like to deal what would she like to deal with? Uh the the little interaction I had with her, she was extremely nice and kind to me. Um yeah. I have no reason to say anything bad to her. Uh but yeah. again, I didn't spend enough time with her to to really form an opinion except the fact that when we the, the, the few interactions we did have, she was very mm -hmm. kind and pleasant, and that's all I could speak of. Cool. And uh Sadly, on August 13th, 2010, um, Lance Cade passed away, which, like I said, it was terrible. As I mentioned earlier, I thought this guy was going to be primed to the top. We said earlier he was jacked. He was like a Greek god, and fortunately he mm -hmm. passed away. He was 29 years old. Um, like I said, with the Benoit thing, which was devastating, Eddie Guerrero, but this one must have really hit home when it happened. Um, what was it like when you found out? Oh, it was... Fuck, it was horrible, man. It was, uh, I had, um, <clears throat> we had just, what a lot of people don't know is Harley's wife, BJ, had passed away about four or five months before that. And oh, this right, was the woman that. that I considered like my mom, like there yeah. was Harley, it was like my dad who, yeah, um, I spent, you know, what, what a lot of people don't know is when I went to WWE, I still lived in the same town. So any of my off days, I was at my home or I was at the school with Harley. So for 15 years, him and I were together and his wife was the same way. I loved her dearly. So about four months before this, BJ's passed away. Um, and I have a bar that she actually talked me into getting and she was going to help me run. But then the good Lord, you know, came into play yeah. and took her home. Um, so I'm laying in bed, I'm exhausted and I wake up and my bar manager and my wife are at the end of my bed. And right. I'm like, what happened to Harley? Because my bar manager was actually, um, a wrestler that I had trained. And oh, right. so I, I knew his background and, and, and he was, you know, uh, was taking care of business for me. And they said, no, it wasn't Harley. Um, Lance, something happened to Lance. So what happened? They said he passed away and I was, I was still half asleep, you know, and I was yeah. like, that's a fucked up joke. Like, I, yeah. you want me out of bed, you know, don't, 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 don't say stupid stuff like that, you know? 
and I looked at my cell phone to see what time it was, and uh, there was a text from, from HBK, and he said, call me right now, kid. And uh, I call him, and, uh, you know, I uh, I said, man, I was like, what is all this, what is all this shit I hear about Lance passing away, and I'll, you know, I, I'm starting to get choked up, because I remember it so vividly. Uh, yeah. Sean goes, you know, I'm sorry, kid, he, he's gone. And, you know, I... I dropped to my knees. I broke down like a schoolgirl, just yeah. bawling my eyes out because uh, this is my best friend. You know, I have it was like a I have two best friends. With, really? Yeah, I have two best friends in this world, and Lance was one of them. Yeah. And uh, my kids called him uncle. You know, it, he wasn't just a business partner. He wasn't just a friend that that I made money with or I was on the road with and I wrestled with. He was a brother. Um, yeah. I had been to his home and had family dinners with his wife and kids. I'd been to his family functions with his grandmothers and sisters. He had been down to our home for uh, Harley's yearly Christmas parties. He had done, we got to do shows while we were champs for Harley under the WWE umbrella. Like WWE, you know, Harley made the call, like, can I have Trevor and Lance for this weekend? And we got to go wrestle for Harley and Eldon. And it was a great, you know, and, and my kids called him Uncle Lance. You know what I mean? And that's not something I give in my home very lightly. You know what I mean? Mm. So when when I finally realized what had happened, uh, you know, tried to collect myself. And uh, I called his, his wife and I called his sister and his dad. And um, we all collectively had a, a, a bawled our eyes out. Um, we I found out the the funeral arrangements and me, my wife and my two children at the time drove 18 hours straight to San Antonio. Um, what a lot of people don't know is uh, Sean paid for Sean HPK paid for my hotel the whole time I was down there. His wife owned a like an indoor amusement park with like yeah. all these big bounce house activity things um and sean uh invited us there so my kids could go play you know um we went to the funeral um i got i i spoke in his funeral which was one of the the hardest things i've ever i've ever done in my life uh, yeah i loved yeah. i loved that man uh uh, he would he would step in for you know I, I talk about him like a gay lover, uh, but it's he, he and that wasn't the case at all. It's just yeah. you you don't get too many close friends that you can truly trust in the wrestling yeah. business in life. Period in life. Yeah. But let alone the wrestling business. And um, you know I could I could call Lance and go, hey man, I just killed somebody. And I'm scared. And he'd be like, "Where well, we need to hide the body. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. he was, um, you know, he was a brother. And to be yeah. taken so suddenly like that at such a young age, um, it, it was just, it totally caught me out of left field. You know what I mean? It wasn't anything I expected. And uh, he is, he's sorely missed still yeah. to this day. Like my kid, my, my, 
my middle my middle child, my oldest boy, Trevor Paul, is 14. He's the one, and my daughter remember him, but my 14-year-old boy really remembers him because his daddy was tag champ at the, you know, when he was younger and he can remember it. And Uncle Lance was tag champ and he's got pictures of him and Lance and I with the belts, you know, as a kid and just family memories that you yeah. don't create with just some random person, no random friend. You know what I mean? He was a yeah. member of my family and uh, yeah. to lose him this world lost a number one a fucking badass wrestler you're talking about Tell a guy you. who's 290 pounds could move like a cruiserweight and tell stories in there that a lot of people can't do you know what i mean yeah. and uh, the wrestling business lost a great wrestler but humanity lost a really good dude yeah it's very sad i remember that like set up, I heard about it and I was like, wow, I just can't believe this because for the one thing, he was so young, trying that. I'm fair, I'm 31, so I'm two years older than what Lance was when he passed away, and so sad. Um, but it's one of them. Um, but yeah, it was just so sad when I heard about it, so I just couldn't believe it. So I can imagine for you, it was so hard to deal with. But you carried on wrestling, um, you was on the Indies for the next five years, but you had a brief retirement in 2018, so. What made you decide to have a bit of a break from wrestling in 2018? Um, I just kind of felt like at that time, um, anybody who's ever ever followed my career knows that, um, you know, again, I'm physically, I can handle myself in the ring. Physically, I can do anything, most anything anybody in the ring can do. But I, I'm, I'm not jacked. I'm not cut up. Um, yeah. I, look like, I look like a guy you wouldn't mess with at a bar. Um, That's right. <laughs> you just certainly wouldn't want to poke the bear. You know yeah. what I mean? And you get to a certain point in your career and you're in your age and you start going, well, maybe it's maybe it's time for me to hang it up. And I, I felt like I was a round peg, no pun intended, in a square world. You know what right. I mean? And um, I felt like uh, and the other thing, too, was I had um, when I was a young guy, I would see older wrestlers. I won't name any names. But they would come in and they just they couldn't put on a quarter of the show that they used to. Yeah. And it felt like they were really hustling the people at the merch tables. And it just it felt like a grasp at something that wasn't there anymore. And yeah. it made me feel sad when I saw these guys. And I told mm-hmm. myself, I was like, man, if I ever get to that point, like I'm gonna fucking just hang it up. Like let's just I'm not gonna be a bitch about it, and just and just hang on longer than you know what I mean. Let me, you know, I'm I've I've done more than what most guys, what most anybody's ever expected me to do. I've I've wrote my name in in the history of pro wrestling when it comes to the tag team titles in WWE. I just um, maybe it's time for me to hang up my boots. And yeah. at the time, um, Harley was was on a downward spiral and it was looking as if that it wasn't going to be too much longer that it was time for him to go home with his wife, DJ. And it kind of felt like the end of an era. Like, you know, I had started with the school. I was one of the first students there. And now I'm, I'm in a hospital with Harley, you know, uh, telling him my goodbyes. You know what I mean? Telling that guy how much I love him and care about him and how much, you know, he means to me. And, and uh, you know, my kids called him Pappy. 
you know, they looked at him as a grandpa, you know, because when I yeah. was there, my, my boys were there. You know, my yeah. daughter was there. They were right by my side. They were respectful. They got to see it all. They got to be a part of it. And then BJ and Harley, of course, they loved little kids. So they would take off and pick them up, put them in their laps and feed them candy and spoil the shit out of them and just family shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I just felt like it was like it was time, you know, and um, it's crazy. Right. When you're about to, to just say enough's enough. Um, Harley passes away and um, I'm at Harley's funeral and I'm um, with all the old guys, you know, that I've trained with, trained just collectively and NWA sends the rep NWA shows up as a representative, Dave Lagana and the current NWA world heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis show up. And I thought, how fucking cool is that? Like yeah. that, that's badass gentlemen like that's you guys you know i've i've always loved nwa and i've always wanted to be a part of it but i always wanted to be a part of it when it meant something you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah and um i've watched hundreds of hours of tapes of harley and rick flair and dick murdoch and ricky steamboat and just nwa like that's it's inbred inbred it's bred into my dna yeah so I'm like, man, you guys are badass. You know, it was an emotional time as it was. And to see those guys, I was like, that's a class act, boys. And um, they both pulled me to the side and said, you know, what are you doing nowadays? And I said, you know, I told them what I was doing. You wrestling? Here and there, you know, I'm still wrestling to have fun, you know, but I'm not doing anything big to make, you know, I don't want to embarrass myself, you know. And they're like, why? Like, you're you're awesome. You should, you know, why aren't you wrestling more? And I gave Dave the same speech. I just gave you guys, you know, it's just, maybe it's time for me to just call it a day, you know, and Dave goes, Dave and Nick both go, Hey, come to Atlanta. Just do, just come to do one show, bring your, you know, bring your gear. And I was like, guys, I'm not wrestling. They're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll have the agents and some matches, you know, but just come down and do one TV tape, you know, and uh, I said, okay, you know, I said, I, I don't, I'm not wrestling, you know, and Dave goes, I know, I know, just come down, Trevor, just come down, we can use you something. So I get there, I pay for my hotel, they fly me in, I get there, first thing Dave asked me, did you bring your gear? Yeah, I brought my gear. Because <laughs> you got a match tonight against Ricky Starks. I said, bye, Dave. And all right, all right, man, let's go do this. And dude, it just took off, man. It, it just took much. off. The, the people, um, it was the people, man. In all honesty, uh, if if they would have shit on me that night, I'd have been like, "Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it, man. I had a great time. I I love the set. It, it brings back you know so many memories as a kid. And, you know, thank you. But the people went nuts, man. And um, at the end of the match. Uh, they told me they wanted me to go and talk to Dave or talk to Dave Marquez after the end of the match. And I, you know, I asked him, I said, what do you want me to say? They go, whatever you want like that, you know, and it was so comforting to go, all right, great. And I didn't think of anything special. I wasn't, I didn't think of anything at all. Actually. I just wanted to go with my gut because that's what wrestling is supposed to be a a real emotion feeling. Dave Marquez goes out there and, and I don't know his exact words, but, 
exact words were, but something to the effect that, you know, Trevor, you know, I haven't seen you wrestle in a while. You had a tough night tonight. You lost to Ricky Starks. How do you feel? And I go, fuck, it just wasn't my night. But, you know, good match. Good, good job, kid. And I walked away. And I got yeah. in the back and everybody was like, that's so refreshing to see. Yes. And I'm like, like, it's the truth. Like, you know what yes. I mean? Like, that's my first match back, guys, in a long time on TV. The kid, you know, he beat me. It just wasn't my night's night. You know, there was no reason to walk out and go, fuck you and you suck. And I could have done this. No, it was just, I didn't win tonight. Watch yes. me the next time. And the fan, and it just slowly built, man. It just, the fans willed me into existence. You know, yeah. and uh, shit, man, it's a roller coaster now. I'm hanging on. Well, uh, we're near the end. I know you, you got food soon, but uh, no worries. No, I'm enjoying myself. No, you oh, ask good. me anything you want. Man. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, NWA Power, when it, you know, when it came on, like I was hooked straight away. I am, um, I'll be honest, Trevor, like I was born in 89, and uh, we didn't get much access to the NWA or WCW over it. Well, NWA particularly, we didn't get much access over here in the UK. So I was always growing up like WWF Charles, like, you know, tape collecting and yeah, such. No, I uh, but with um, the WWE Network, which I say to everyone, it's the greatest thing ever for a wrestling fan, you can go back and watch the old school NWA stuff and fall in love with it. And then when I heard NWA's coming back, Nick Holders as a champion, obviously he's a fellow Englishman. He's my guy. Yes, yeah. Um, I've seen as it came on, like into the fire, I was hooked straight away and fell in love with it. But you mentioned Nick Holders there at the end. You got into the ring wrestling with him. What's he like to wrestle with? And also, what's he like as a locker room leader, I suppose, in the NWA and leading the charge for the company? He's um he's the perfect guy for the in the perfect spot. Um, you you're not gonna find anybody who's gonna be able to currently um, represent that uh, that championship, the NWA title that has, uh, you're talking about a championship that has so much prestige and lineage that you can't just throw it on some Joe Schmo. Um, no. When you look at Nick Aldis, he looks like a world champion. He speaks That's like right. a world champion. He handles himself like a world champion. And as madly, as badly as I one day want to be the world NWA world heavyweight title champion, Right now, I can't see myself being better than Nick Aldis, and that's who needs yeah. to be in that spot. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's right. I, uh, I'm not shining that cat up because everything that that guy has, he has worked for, um, and he's done it the hard way. You know what I mean? He's done it. He did it a different route than me. I did it the hard way, but I also ended up going to a national company and was able to get national yeah. exposure, even though that wasn't for about four years. I still. I had that opportunity. He went to TNA and was still made in a company that wasn't doing well. He made something great happen. And wherever yeah. it goes, he makes something great happen. And that's what you need. As a, When a world champion walks into the ring, he elevates the whole stage, the ring, the moment, the wrestler, the excitement. It elevates. It goes to another level. And right now, Nick Aldis is the man. And I got to give right. him all the credit in the world for what he's done and what he's doing. Um, and the cool thing about wrestling Nick is I have an old school background and Nick is smart to that. Like he knows yeah. that old school work rate. So I can go in there and I can go hold for hold with Nick a little bit. And, but I can also throw, I can go to a slugfest with Nick 
And when it comes to competition, like, that's the total package, like, for a guy who could beat me. You know what I mean? I wrestle a lot of guys that are either they're bruisers and they're, they, they, they can throw hands and they can strike really well, or I wrestle guys who are, are more technical. Nick's a great combination of both of those. And yeah. So when I got to the ring with him, he beat me. Fair and square. I manned up. You did a good job. You got me with your finish. I don't know if that happened right now. Being that I'm the new NWA National Heavyweight Champion, I can't quite say that it would go the same. It may have the same outcome. I don't know. But I, I know for sure, bell to bell, it'd be a different match. Well, we'll get on to that. Um, so that primetime wrestling a couple of weeks ago, the uh, Cinderella story, we could say, you defeating Aaron Stevens to be the national champion. How proud, and I will imagine you've dedicated this to Harley, Lance, all your friends from the past. And how proud are you of being the NWA national champion, such a legendary championship, and your name is on it now? How do you feel? I, uh, I, it's funny. I used to, you know, uh, by myself make fun of guys that would get all emotional when they would get titles and stuff because, you know, we're. Yeah. Oh, we're none of us are idiots. You know what I mean? I don't expect to treat you folks like idiots either. So I would I would kind of chuckle to myself, like, oh, look at that guy. Fucking crying, you know, fucking <laughs> emotional. What a douche. And um, I win the title, and I, this wave of just accomplishment and hard work and uh, this wave of just, I did it. You know what I mean? Out of out of all of Harley's guys, I'm the only one that was an NWA national heavyweight champion. Out of all of Harley's guys, I'm the only one that was a WWE world tag team champion. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I did it. And the only thing that can pop into my head is to thank my wife and kids. And I know it sounds so generic <laughs> to do that. Um but my wife and kids are the ones that really have to put up with my bullshit. You know what I mean, guys? Like, this isn't an easy life. It's a semi-ego-driven business, and I'm gone a lot. I miss a lot of special moments, and my wife and kids take the beating of that, and the fans don't see that and don't know that, and that's the sacrifice that they willingly take for me, and, and it's like, they didn't ask for it. They didn't ask for their dad to be gone on birthdays. My wife didn't ask me to be gone on on special anniversaries and, and stuff like that. But they dealt with all of that. And I felt at that moment, like, like those are the people that I should thank. You know what I mean? Because that was the realest it could ever be for me at that moment. Like, I finally accomplished a goal. I'm a, a goal that I've been wanting for a long time personally. I'm part of a company that respects me. I'm a part of a company that values me. And I'm not only a part of that company, I'm now one of the leaders of that company. I'm a representative yeah. of that company. I'm the world NWA Nationals heavyweight champion. And I, I have a ton of pride in that. And I have a ton of respect. And uh, I, I have this feeling of like it's my duty now to go out and set another level for guys and for this, this championship. I'm, I'm not only, re like you said earlier, I'm not only representing myself, but I've got Harley Race's name stamped on my back. I've got Lance Cade's name stamped on my back. I have a lot of yeah. uh, people that said he's never going to be a star. He's never going to make any money. He's never going to. 
he's never going to be anything in this business. All those people that have have, have said, "Oh, you you you're not jacked. You're not going to make it." They need guys with with you know muscles that look beautiful or amazing. Well, you know what? No, I'm here to tell you right now, and I fucking everybody needs to be that way. You go in there from bell to bell, and as long as you're true to yourself and you put on a damn good match every single time you go out there, you're going to get over, man. And I. Cool. <laughs> I'm the, I'm I'm here to tell everybody, man. You work hard enough, you're gonna get where you want it to. Just don't take no for an answer. Uh, I'm very proud of, of the position I'm in right now. It's great. I don't know if that, um, COVID put a stop to NWA power, but it looks like uh, it's in the pipeline. Power might be coming back sooner than what people think. So we can't wait for it. That, but i suppose that's a good i can't sign give you a date man i can't give you a date but it's coming it's coming oh. people just got to be patient it's like christmas oh. you got to wait for that right present oh we can't wait like I, i'm talking about the lads at the uh end of the podcast rob will and um uh he's gonna kill me because i forgot his name rob will and uh what's the name of the bearded guy I forgot his name. Now he's going to kill me when, I, when he listens to this. But anyway. I'm going to let you hang yourself, young man. I'm going to let you hang yourself. Man. Gary, 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 Gary. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows all of them. But um, yeah, we're all talking about the NWA power comeback, so we can't wait. But um, that's the perfect way to sign us off. But uh, before we go, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You know, guys, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, at Real T Murdoch. Um, obviously just look at, you know, Trevor Murdoch on uh, Facebook, you know, there ain't too many people trying to be mean. And if they are, I don't know why they would be, um, <laughs> and make sure you guys just keep an eye out for power, man. It, it, we're going to come back with a vengeance and, uh, put on a hell of a show for everybody. That's great. And we can't wait. And thanks very much, uh, Trevor, for coming on. Um, like I said, I thought that I've only been to one WWE uh, event. You was there with Cade uh, Wrestling Crime Time, so that was back in 06, so 14 years later, like me having the opportunity yeah, to actually speak to you and go down memory lane off your time to be and current events now, you becoming national champion there, uh, it's an absolute honour and privilege to speak to you and hopefully right. we can do it again once someday. I appreciate you having me on, man, and hopefully we can... Uh get past this COVID deal and they can lift some travel bands and I can come over and, and, and wrestle for you guys and, you know, live and in person again, man. I, it's, uh, I'm ready to get going and get back on a full schedule once we can, uh, we can all get past this COVID deal and everybody be safe and try to stay healthy, man. That was great. And thank you very much. And we'll see you again soon. Hey everyone, thanks for listening, hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to also head over to our YouTube channel where you can watch all our interviews in video format and catch our top 25 countdowns. And if you could like and subscribe, that'd be even better for us. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at that 90s wrestling podcast. Till next time, we'll see you then. Bye.